Hello, everybody. This is Caleb Simpson with the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm the founder of Hemp Daddy's Therapeutics, and today we have a special guest. We have Robbie Ballinger with us. He is one of our um, brand ambassadors, and he's about to be embarking on an amazing journey. He's doing a transcontinental run across the United States, and he's also doing this all on a plant-based diet. So thanks so much, Robbie, for being here today. Um, how are you? Doing well, doing well. I'm really excited to be talking with you. Awesome, good deal. Um, well, let's just let's go in and just jump right into this. Um, so the first thing I want to talk about is just kind of your your background with running and how you got into it. So you one one interesting thing is you've only been running for about you know six years. So what first got you into running and how did you kind of go from you know just being an average runner to running across the United States. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, so my running career again, yeah, started about six years ago. Um, I kind of, I grew up in the restaurant scene, um, working, um, you know, abroad for a little bit and then ending up in Austin. Um, and about seven years ago, six and a half, I uh, took on helping to open a Neapolitan pizzeria in Austin. Um, and at that time I was, you know, living kind of that whole Anthony Bourdain lifestyle of we all worked really hard and then we were playing really hard at night. Um, and as this restaurant opened and, you know, it was pretty obvious that it was a, a, a major success, um, the, the, my responsibilities and the stressors of the job started to mount. And, um, I had recently started dating a girl who came from a long background of running a family of runners and she invited me on a run and, you know, I made it two and a half miles and we stopped <laughs> at, at a daily, at the daily juice downtown Austin and had a juice and had to get a cab home. And that was as far as I could make it. But I immediately, you know, really just started to understand and feel the advantages of, of, of these, you know, of running and, and how that affected me in such a positive way and started to make me more accountable to myself and to the job at hand. So yeah, that started the journey. Um, about three months later, I ran the Decker challenge being my first uh, half marathon. And the following year, I followed that up with the, Phil the Philadelphia marathon. And uh, yeah, just kind of kept going from there, using it as a stress reliever and also just, you know, falling madly in love with the sport. Um, and then I ran the Cruel Jewel, which was a, what would be my first 50 mile race. I kind of jumped into it naively. Um, it all kind of happened off of a chance encounter with uh, um, Hard Rock 100 up here in Colorado. I uh, was just going for a summer vacation and happened to end up in um, Silverton the weekend before the, the start of the race and was just mesmerized by this, uh, you know, this crop of people who were just pushing themselves to such limits for these ultra distances. So on the way home, my girlfriend and I were Googling hard rock qualifiers because I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was sure that was the next thing I was going to do. Um, and one of them happened to be the Cruel Jewel, which was in Georgia. Um, and I, na yeah, again, naively kind of got into it showed up to the race to realize that it was actually a 56 mile race with 17,500 feet of gain wow. um, and 17,500 of loss. So yeah, I thought what I thought was going to take me nine hours took 15 and a half, but um, still coming out of that, I was just overwhelmed with this sense of accomplishment due to how hard the struggle was to get through it. And it just stuck. And I've been, you know, ever since kind of in love with running and just pursuing it further and further. About a year and a half ago, we moved up here to Denver from Austin, kind of let go of my career with the restaurant industry and was searching for what was next. And 
just a couple of events kind of all fell in line to make me realize that what was next was for me to take on this run. And I wanted to do it and advocate for a plant-based lifestyle, which was something that I had just recently discovered for myself, but very quickly understood all the positive implications of it. And so here we stand, I'm about three weeks away and I'm yeah, getting ready to run across the country. Cool. That, yeah, that, that is, that is awesome. And like, and that, that's really interesting. You mentioned hard rock because that's kind of, you know, one of my, you know, long-term goals as well. And, you know, and I saw an ultra sign up that you had done the cruel jewel as well. So I, that kind of somewhat answers the question, but um, I was going to ask you kind of what kind of possessed you to run that race, um, when you kind of prior to that, I think you'd only done like a 50K and a 30K. So you kind of jumped into like a really, really big race straight from that. So was there anything more to it than just um, kind of the potential for hard rock? Um, it was it was that it was a, like a hard rock qualifier qualifier, right? Like in order to run most of the qualifiers, you have to have ran a, the 50 mile version of that race. Mm-hmm. So that had a little bit to do with it. Um, I did grow up in that area. I grew up in Northeast Georgia. So there was this kind of this homecoming aspect of it. Um, since I had, you know, I left, I left school, I left college about two years in and, um, moved up to Alaska. And since then I hadn't really looked back. I hadn't spent much time back in Georgia and it just felt like a a way for me to embrace, you know, my roots, but also in such a healthy way of moving forward in my life. So that was kind of the reason. Um, but again, a lot of it was just based off of pure naivety because had I known there was it was going to be that challenging of a course, I, I don't know that I would have signed <laughs> up for it. But uh, yeah. in retrospect, I'm really glad I did. It, it was it was a great experience. And the uh, the race, the organizers for that race were just excellent people. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I have a similar story with jumping into, you know, ultras. I went from just doing half marathons straight into 50 mile race, um, cactus rose in, in here in Texas was my first one. And it was, a, it was a pretty brutal course. So I can totally relate. <laughs> hey, you know, it's nothing, there's nothing like just jumping on in, you know, like making the, Oh plunge. yeah. You're yeah, going to exactly. do it eventually. So you might as well just go for it. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that was my mindset as well. So cool. Um, so you kind of touched a little bit on just the plant-based diet and, you know, I believe you're vegan as well. So can you just tell us a little bit more just about like why you decided to become plant-based? Um, Cause you kind of went from this whole, you know, I myself went, you know, used to be a meat potatoes guy, switched to plant-based, you know, you worked in a pizza joint. So what was the lifestyle changes that happened that pushed you in that direction? Yeah. You know, it, it, over the years, it, I mean, it, I mean, we could go all the way back. It kind of started when I was, I think I was 20, 21 and I uh, was off, moved off to college and had gained far beyond what they called the freshman 15. Um, and I watched supersize me. And, um, at the time that movie had just come out and it was just such a revelation to me that, 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 you know, my, the, the foods I choose to put in my body have a direct, um, you know, there's a direct reflection in how you feel and, and how your body looks and all these other mm-hmm. things. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And then over the next 10 years or so, I just slowly started to understand more and more the implications of the food I put in my body. And then, um, upon leaving the restaurants, I had already kind of started moving towards a more vegetarian diet. And, um, at that point I also started ramping up my mileage and running more. And I noticed that the less I consumed animal products, the better my performance was, so that was really how it all started. It was very strictly a performance uh, from the performance aspect. And then once I, you know, completely made the switch, um, well, kind of during the middle there, as I was making the switch, I really started to understand the environmental implications. And that became a, a big component for me. And then once I completely gave up all animal products, the ethical 
the ethical standpoint and how I realized that all of a sudden I was not in causing any harm on any other beings by my food choices, that was just so empowering. And now that seems to be the part that I, I hang to the most. I, I think that's what's going to keep me in this lifestyle for life. Oh, that's awesome. That's, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. And I have somewhat a similar story from just the whole, you know, training experience, experience aspect. I remember I first started running to train to do Long's Peak with another guy who was younger than me. I was in my twenties at the time. He was a few years younger than me. And, you know, because I had been running to train to do Long's Peak, once we got there, I was just running laps around this guy, you know, and part of that was, you know, because of a plant-based lifestyle. So I can, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, it's amazing. The recovery time, you know, it's, it's like it, it allows you to train so much more and just bounce back. I just I could not believe just how fast all of a sudden I used to wake up from long runs and the next day just be like doing everything I could to make it in the kitchen to make coffee. And then I give up, you know, all these animal products and all of a sudden I was ready to go again the next day. It wasn't even a it, it was just such an easier transition. Yeah, that's pre that's pretty awesome. Cool. So the, the next question I want to ask you about is the transcontinental run you have coming up. Um, so tell us a little bit more about that. So for those who aren't familiar with what a transcontinental run is exactly, um, first of all, explain that and kind of tell us why you decided to embark on that journey. Totally. Um, yeah. So uh, transcon, um, you know, it is running across the country. Um, for me, I'm going to go from Los Angeles to New York City. Uh, kind of the history of it. Uh, the first guy did it in 1909 um and he wildly enough he set out for it on his 75th birthday um which is just absolutely astounding to me but um yeah so since then i think i'll be approximately the 330th person to do it um in comparison where you look at like mount everest i believe the first person climbed everest in 1957 <laughs> and i think we're around 4,000 people that have summited so yeah, it's, yeah, a, it's a it's a it's a rare feat, and that was kind of what drew me to it. Um, you know, the monumental nature of it. Um, I'll be running 3,200 miles. My plan is to do it in 75 days or less. So at 75 days, I'll be averaging about 43 miles a day. Um, so yeah, that was you know it all kind of came to being after a trip last year down to the Copper Canyon uh, to run the Caballo Blanco 50, which is a race that was made famous by uh, the book Born to Run. Mm -hmm. um, while I was down there, I was coming out of this career in the pizza, in the restaurant industry and trying really struggling with what was next for me. I knew I wanted to do something that had some level of, uh, to give back to a level. I thought it would be environmental. I was thinking about getting into the solar industry. Um, I thought a little bit about doing wildland firefighting. Um, and then I was down there and well, through all this, I was really struggling with, you know, as I was thinking of these options for work, all I kept thinking was, well, when am I going to get to run? And so I was just really just trying to figure that out. And I went down to the canyon and a couple of things happened. I met a guy uh, by the name of Patrick Sweeney. Oh, yeah. I know Patrick. <laughs> yeah. He, he's, a, he's a nut. You know, he's a great guy. Uh -huh. I, did, I didn't get to know him too well. We, we kind of just talked in passing down there a couple of times. But one thing he said to me was in 2015, he had ran across the country. And I just found that it was the first person I had ever, you know, met to have done that. And I sized him up and he's a really good runner. And, but at the end of the day, he's just a guy. And I was like, okay, well, this guy did that. I, I could do it if I wanted to. Um, and then, you know, there was this other, there was this group of Americans down there and it was interesting because there were a large proportion of them. They had found a way to make running the center of their life. However, that was, and, and they weren't all A-list racers. They weren't podium guys that you find on podiums and stuff. But, um, 
that, that kind of stuck with me. And then actually, unfortunately on the run, it was kind of my last dig at, at really allowing animal products into my diet. I was trying to just take it. E- I was trying to just be an accommodating or like an easy guest, you know, to the, mm-hmm. to the, our host down there. And so I, I, I had some chicken in a dish the night before the race and got really sick. Um, mm-hmm. so I woke up the morning of the race feeling like violently ill, decided to take, to try the race anyways. And early in the race, I, um, I got sick and really lost all the energy that was left in me. Um, so I started walking down and if anyone is familiar with the book, uh, a character in the book, barefoot Ted, he, uh, he was out there and he, he kind of scooped me up off the side of the trail. I was like, <laughs> well, Robbie walk down with me. So we walked down to back into Eureka, the town. Um, and along the way we were just talking and he just said something that really stuck with me. And he was talking about the town of Eureka. And he said, you know, the first year we came down here for the race, that Caballo Blanco had uh, organized, it's, this town was really sad. It was a really sad place. And look at it now. And it was. It was a thriving little community down there. And that, what that just told me was that here was this guy through running, came up with a crazy idea, and he was able to create real change for a group of people. So, yeah, came back up to Denver and got back. And my first run after getting back, I, uh, it just came to me all of a sudden, you know, kind of the combination of those things. I was like, okay, you know, I really want to make running the center of my life. Um, so a transcontinental run would probably do that. And if I'm going to do that, I want to do it for a good reason. And well, I just met this guy, Patrick Sweeney. He had ran across the country and here is this story of Caballo Blanco who had put running into action to help people. So I'll, I'll kind of use this as a sounding board for better food choices in that food has always been kind of such a center in my life. And now, especially in understanding this plant-based lifestyle and all that it can give back to people. So that was kind of how it all meshed into one there. Cool. That's awesome. And, and you were teaming up with, um, not a move for this too. Is that correct? And they're, for those that don't know, they're a dairy free ice cream company based out of Austin, Texas. Yep. Yep. That's my uh, title sponsor. They're, they're awesome. Just a great group of people, um, headed up the CEO, Daniel. Uh, he's a guy I've known around Austin for a long time. He's done a good bit of running himself. He ran three marathons mm-hmm. in a year, I think in 2013. Um, but yeah, you know, we got on the phone. I was really drawn to not a move because I noticed from their social media that they, they outside of just being a company, they were also advocating for a plant-based lifestyle. Um, yeah. and I think that there's a big, like, uh, for lack of a better term, like a PR campaign that we have to do as plant-based individuals and companies right now to kind of, you know, bring it into the mainstream and allow people to understand that you don't really have to give anything up in order to make this lifestyle change. And I think mm-hmm. that Natamu is a great example of that because here it is. I mean, it's ice cream. Nobody wants to give up ice cream, but it's you're able to have it in a way that is so much easier on your stomach. And again, it just doesn't require the exploitation of an animal in order to to make it. So I just yeah. I just thought it was a really good partner. Um and I sure is I just really love it. <laughs> I love I love slamming a pint of it after a long run. Oh so yeah. That, I bet that doesn't hurt either. <laughs> yeah the yeah their ice cream is definitely delicious. It really um, is. Yeah. So okay so you talked about you know with the plant based lifestyle one of the things you kind of want to convey to people it's like it's not like you're really having to give anything up. So along those lines like can you tell us how it's like possible 
to fuel these types of runs with a vegan diet? Because, you know, people from the outside who have no experience with plant-based diets, I mean, I think the common question people ask, oh, what about your protein? How do you get enough calories? So um, what would you say to somebody like that who doesn't really think that accomplishing these things on a vegan diet is possible? Well, first I'd start with the protein part. I think this whole idea that we need, you know, that this protein, this focus on protein is kind of, I, I think it's just a little inaccurate. I, I've yet to hear of anyone that's died or gotten sick from a protein deficiency. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think you, you look at animals and, you know, we use animals as this source of protein. Well, where did the animals get that protein? They, exactly. They're, yeah. They're all herbivores, you know, I mean, they like, so they just, that part doesn't really work. Um, calorically, like, uh, you know, one thing, like kind of getting into that, I'll, some people I'll tell I'm plant-based and I've heard some people say, oh, well, I like to eat too much for that. And I'm like, well, actually, I love to eat. And that's the great thing about it. Is <laughs> I get to eat whatever I want, as much of it as I want, and I still feel great. And, uh, you know, so, but as far as for this run itself, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be taking, I'm going to be, you know, there's a lot of calories to be consumed. We're going to start me off at about 4,000 calories a day. And within the first month, we're going to ramp that up to 10,000 calories. So oh, wow. in order yeah. to, in order to achieve that, um, I'm going to start the day every day with um, some oatmeal, you know, just some some easy oatmeal with some maple syrup and some raisins. Uh, have my morning coffee and I'll hit the road. Um, a couple five to ten miles in, we've got a really hearty uh, smoothie that we've put together. The smoothie uh, kind of in order to get these calories, um, I, we'll, we'll be using Soylent. We're going to be utilizing Soylent, which oh, is cool. a meal replacer. So I'll be making a, um, a smoothie with Soylent, uh, coconut milk bananas, chia seeds, um, and a couple other things, just really highly caloric. It'll get me about 2000 calories if I can get a a big one in. Um, and so, yeah, then I'll keep running. I'll I'll continue to eat small amounts of calories with like scratch, uh, their, their chews and also their electrolyte replacer has some calories in it. And midday we've devised this kind of what I like to call like a vegan banh mi, uh, it's a baguette sandwich with um, hummus, uh, tofu, some cucumbers, and a couple other veggies on there. Um, and, and that kind of is like the big meal of the, of the middle of the day. Another smoothie uh, a little bit later in the day. And then we'll wrap up the day with a really car- like carbohydrate-rich dinner, whether it being like spaghetti. Um, we've ordered a bunch of outdoor herbivore. They're uh, freeze-dried foods. They're really great plant-based, uh, like like a uh, backpacking food company. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. um, so that's kind of like a day in the life of my, my consumption of calories. Um, you know, leading up to this, uh, I was, I, I spent months running hundred mile weeks and I really haven't had a problem. You know, I, there's been plenty of, there's plenty of food options, legumes, like, you know, rice and bean dishes go a long ways. Um, <laughs> veggie burgers. I love veggie yep. burgers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Scott Jurek's recipe for veggie burger is primo. Like I, I can't say enough about about his uh, his recipe. We eat a lot of those. So yeah, I I, I just you know I, I, I you got to eat a little bit more at times. Like like actually like quantities of food. But I I really don't have a problem with that. So yeah, cool. That that that's awesome. You, you kind of ended up answering my follow up question. Is like what kind of how are you going to fuel the run daily when you're out there for, you know, 75 days. So, but yeah, that answers that question. That, that, that is awesome. Um, well, you know, and, and I like, had the, I had the advantage of, you know, we're, we're doing this kind of our setup is going to be, a, I got a van um, that'll be pulling a camper. 
So we'll have a kitchen and we're going to be able to accomplish this like that. But my nutritionist who will be going with me for the majority of the trip, um, it's actually my partner, Shelly, her sister, um, her and her husband just got done three months ago. They did the Appalachian trail completely. Oh, wow. So they backpacked it and mm-hmm. still, so I, I just like that little tidbit. Cause it, you know, I hear one of the things that people say is, Oh, I couldn't be plant-based cause I travel for work. They traveled across the country with a backpack on, like, yeah. like, yeah. They, and they were able to do it. I mean, there, there, there are so many resources and ways about now that, I, I mean, you can get it done no matter what yeah. your mode of transportation is. Yeah, that, that is awesome. And so, so you mentioned that you're going to have a van and an RV with you. So is that going to be kind of your, the primary place you're staying along the way, or are you going to end up, you know, you know, bunking down with some other friends or hotels? What's, what's the plan there? No, we've, we've kind of set ourselves up to be pretty self-sufficient as we go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, in my prior, my prior, uh, job and, uh, the pizzeria I owned part of, uh, they were generous enough to loan me their large, uh, delivery van that they used to take things between their commissary kitchen mm-hmm. and the restaurant. So I've, I've got that. It's a big Ford van, um, and it will pull, yeah, an RV, I mean, a camper, I'm sorry. Uh, but the van itself, I've built a bed out in that. So that'll be kind of my home. I'll sleep in there to kind of have my own privacy so I can sleep when I need to and just kind of regroup. And then the, the camper we've got has a twin bed and two, two, uh, I'm sorry, a queen bed and two twin bunk beds. So that's where my crew will be. And we'll just kind of make our way across the country like that. Um, we've got a little shower in there, so we're, we're pretty set up. Nice. Nice. Very cool. And, you know, and, and my family and I, we live in our RV full time and we've done a bit of traveling too. So if you ever need any advice for how to, how to keep yourself self-contained on that trip, just, just let me know. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> cool. So, so my next question is, so I kind of thought of this question just before we got on the call, I was kind of rereading Patrick Sweeney's story on, I think Red Bull did an article on him and he was saying when he chose his route, he pretty much just plopped it into Google Maps and chose walking. And he cut through um, a big chunk of Texas. And then with your route, you're going up through Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So what what was the reasoning behind the route that you chose? Well, um, you know, the route was seemed to be one of the the biggest uh, logistical uh, kind of nightmares of the whole thing was to try to figure out how best to do that. And as we were researching, we found that there was a race in 2011, it was called Lanny, uh, which was L.A. to New York, the Lanny. Um, and the guys who put that on online left like a, a big trail of, of paperwork of how they're route. So we started from that. And then uh, Chris, my uh, my my partner, Shelly's father, he's 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 really good at uh, navigating and sitting down at the computer and flushing things out. So kind of starting from that route that they had taken we kind of fleshed out our own our route off of that and the reason for it also is the time of year leaving being March 16th it seemed for weather purposes better to avoid the Rockies as much as possible Mm -hmm. and so that's kind of why we're scooping the most like elevation and dramatic I think weather we'll see will be kind of around the Flagstaff area of Arizona Mm -hmm. yeah yeah, I think so. Yeah, some people I know that live in a full-time RV were just kind of talking about getting out of there because they were getting some snow. I think they got three feet of snow two days ago. So, yeah, yeah that's we've got a couple of weeks. Hopefully <laughs> it's 
hopefully it settles down. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully it settles down and you don't get any of that. Um, <laughs> well, cool. So the so the last I only have one more, pretty much one more question for you. So um, so you kind of remind me a little bit of Mike Wardian in terms of just like you know how you know how you like challenge yourself. So do you have any other goals on the horizon after you complete the Transcon run? Um, you know, it'll be really interesting. I'm really interested to see how I feel coming out of it. You know, I think I've looked at other guys that have done stuff and, uh, like of this magnitude and some get done and they don't want to run for six months and other ones can't stop the next day they're back at it. Um, I think my body will be really prepared and kind of in the mode of stage races. Uh, I could mm-hmm. see that being something I want to venture into, um, you know, something where it's over five to seven days where you run a block of mileage every day. And then they take your cumulative time to see who performed the best. Um, that's definitely something I'm interested in. Um, I'm really one of my hopes from this is to really to create a platform for myself for this advocacy of a plant based lifestyle. So being able to take the time to explore that further and see how far I can take it and how many people I can touch through the story of what I have already done. Um and then, you know, maybe this will be one of those things I, I look back and laugh at me saying this now, but who knows, maybe another continent, you know, um, yeah. I just, I just talked uh, with someone uh, just yesterday who I believe you might've put me in contact with uh, a girl by the name of Katie. Um, and yep. she ran mm-hmm. across the U S in 2010 and, you know, here it is eight, nine years later and she's setting her sights on crossing Australia and yep. her stories, her story's fascinating. I'm really excited for her. Um, Katie Visco, I believe is her name. Um, and she, yeah, so, you know, I don't know for sure, but I'm sure it will be something grand. I hope, um, that's kind of the point in this is to, again, create a platform for myself and also to open up the world for me to continue to dream big and take off on some, some big adventures. Cool. That's awesome. I look forward to seeing what um, the next big journey is for you. Um, but actually before we go, I did have one more question. I, I, I can't not ask this question because it's the hemp entrepreneur podcast, but, um, just tell us, so you are one of our brand ambassadors. So can you just, um, speak a little bit about CBD and how that's played a role into um, your training? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a lot of aspects of why I find it beneficial. Um, you know, for years I've, you know, I, I've, um, found a lot of benefits from, from cannabis in general for me and my running and for other reasons. But as I've gotten closer to taking on this run, the clarity of my mind has been a, a big component of something I needed, but you know, I really uh, enjoyed the, 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 the relief from aches and pains that I get from cannabis. So CBD really has filled that void in a, in a really great way. Um, for me, I really find that the transdermal cream works best. Um, when my calves are sore, or, you know, really anything, it's all in my legs, of course, being a runner, but just a good, you know, a good massage, rubbing it in, it goes a long ways. And it's yeah. just really, I mean, I, I can't thank you enough for your support and I love your product. Um, I do talk about it a lot. Um, but yeah, the transdermal cream has been really good for me. The drops, um, I, I do enjoy them as well. I just find that, that I get a more direct effect from the cream and that's cool. what's, that's helping me out. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And, I, and, and, I, and one, one thing I found is that everybody kind of reacts differently. Some people feel like they get more relief from the cream. Some people get more relief from 
just the oil alone. And so it's it's hard for me to say personally which is working best because I'm always taking both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'd say too, like, yeah, I mean, that's my experience. I do have a, a dear friend who's like a pretty high-performing runner. And he, he, me and him, like, we sat around over a beer kind of debating it because for him it was the exact opposite. You know, the drops mm-hmm. worked really well. So I wouldn't at all, like, yeah, I don't advocate for that in saying that that is the what works for everyone. But for me, yeah. that's the one. And again, for you, for other, for another buddy, it was, it was the oil. So yeah, it's, but in, in any form, it, it, it's just a really great thing that I think in, in due time is going to really, you know, it's going to be a big part of what we use to, to get past a lot of these nasty pharmaceuticals that people find themselves on. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, thanks so much, Robbie, for your time. Really appreciate it. And best of luck to you on your um your big run coming up. Awesome. Appreciate it, Caleb. Thanks for your time as well. You bet. All right. I hope you guys enjoy that interview. I got a confession to make. That's the first interview I've ever done. Ever. So let me know what you guys thought. Um, I welcome feedback. I'm new to this podcasting thing and I want to create a great show for you guys. So please feel free to reach out to me and and let me know what you think. And also, this is a brand new podcast, so I could really use um, your support. So please rate and review the podcast so we can rise up in the rankings and more people can discover this podcast. And again, um, like I said before, I'm the founder and owner of Hint Daddy's Therapeutics. We're an online-only CBD oil company. We have three amazing products. We have an oil in a tincture format. We have it in a capsule format as well. And we also have an amazing transdermal cream, which is really great for runners. It helps with recovery. It's good for sore muscles and it's just good all around. It's good stuff, guys. And I really think our transdermal cream is the best on the market. Anyway, that's all I got for today. Um, Thanks again for listening and I hope you guys have a fabulous week.